I met Stockhausen a few times, and one thing I would say is that he was utterly lacking in cynicism. Yes, there is this partly the kind of German romantic hero aspect about him, which he definitely played. There's a bit of the rock star in the 60s and 70s about him, which to an extent he played. But when you actually met him, there wasn't an ounce of cynicism or lack of seriousness of purpose about him. He was utterly focused on the very, in fact, very practical business of putting music on, of getting music heard. Could you tell me what the most beautiful sound or the most interesting sound that you've ever heard is? No. Yes, he was sort of focused on his own world, but watching Donnerstag, I really was struck that it really is powerful and emotional and can touch us. And in fact, there's a lot of beauty in this. There's a lot of beautiful electronic sound, playing and singing against drones. I mean, something that really will stay with me forever is these young players who are playing these characters, but they're playing an entire opera, five hours from memory, acting. Yeah, I mean, yeah you skipped over a point there, five hours, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. To be honest, time stood still, though. I, yeah. it, it's a cliche to say that about music, but what music does when it's working on you is that it, it sort of plays with your concept of time. It was one of those sort of immersive and yet deeply affecting experiences. And we all came out changed at the end, which is as much as you can ask of a work of art. Welcome back to South Bank Centre's Think Aloud, where you'll hear from the people shaping arts and culture today. I'm Harriet Fitch-Little, and together we'll consider new ideas and approach old ones from new angles to hopefully cast some light on the most exciting things happening right now in the arts. He, I guess, is best known as being one of the leading figures, perhaps the most charismatic, perhaps the most radical in some ways, of that post-war generation of composers who kind of burst on the scene in Europe after the catastrophe of the war. That's Gillian Moore, Director of Music here at Southbank Centre. We last heard from her in Think Aloud when she was discussing contemporary classical music as part of a panel and encouraging us all to step outside of our comfort zones a bit and give it a go. In this episode, she's come back to fly the flag for one composer in particular, Karl-Heinz Stockhausen. Stockhausen was born in Germany in 1928 and went on to become a pioneering composer who influenced not only the shape of classical music, but popular music too. His innovations in electronic music were formative for everyone from the Beatles to Portishead. He was also distinctly weird. Stockhausen insisted, especially towards the end of his life, that he was born on a distant planet called Sirius, and one of his later pieces involved a string quartet played from a helicopter. Stockhausen's pieces are notoriously hard to stage, but at Southbank Centre in May, it is his season. Performances of his work, of the work of the people he inspired, and to cap it all off, the first performance since 1985 in the UK of Donnerstag Stag aus Licht, a monumental opera, kind of about Stockhausen's life, in which he 
Semi adopts the form of an angel to tell his story. Donnerstag aus Licht was one of a series of operas that Stockhausen completed based on days of the week, and it lasted by itself five hours, as we just heard Gillian saying. Stockhausen's artistry was really largely formed by his early experiences. When the war started, he was a child and his mother became mentally ill. And of course, what the Nazis did with mentally ill people is that they they killed them. And that's exactly what happened to Stockhausen's mother. She was taken away to a mental institution and she was murdered under that systematic programme. And his father was, to Stockhausen, a very unsympathetic character. He was a Nazi sympathiser and he went off to the war, to fight in the war, and he went missing, presumed dead, on the Eastern Front in Russia. He was very, very critical of Stockhausen. When Stockhausen was a teenager, he was working as a medical orderly in the grim last days of the war. He was tending horribly wounded soldiers. He was picking up body parts. He was doing things that a young person should never have to do. And I guess what is extraordinary about Stockhausen is that this didn't break him. This made him into the kind of determined, clear-sighted, I guess sort of highly focused figure that he became, that became known as. And in a way, it formed some of his musical influences, didn't it? I remember reading that Stockhausen listened to so many kind of uh, marching bands and kind of the strict uh, rhythm of the soldier's feet when he was younger that some people think or perhaps even said that that was influence for his incredibly inventive relationship with uh, tempo and sound in general. Yes, what that generation after the war were doing was they were trying to invent a new kind of music for a new world. And Stockhausen actually said in an interview, he said it several times, that um, he couldn't write uh, four beats in a bar because that made him think of, of Nazis marching, which he heard and saw. And that is one of the reasons why the music sounds the way it does. It sounds, you know, the, the rhythm is in a sense exploded and it's sort of a new kind of rhythm which is very free and very and very sort of organised at the same time. In his early life, he was applying different kind of formula, formulae to devise rhythms and to devise pitches, but also perhaps most crucially, he wanted to invent new sounds, the actual sounds that music makes itself. If you think of the way composers in the past were creating music, they're working with pre-existing sounds, and Stockhausen and his colleagues wanted to invent new sounds. He wasn't the first person to want to do that. There were people like Varese, who was dreaming of that in the 20s and 30s. There was Daphne Oram, who is given not enough credit, um, but here in, the, here in London, she was doing really amazing things with electronic music in the late 40s. Stockhausen worked in the 50s in Cologne, in the electronic music studio of the West German Radio and was actually building sounds up from scratch in a laboratory. It was like a scientist. And then he started recording existing sounds like the sound of a boy's voice that you get in the wonderful piece 
Gesang der Jünglinge, the Song of Youths, and then and distorting it and playing with it and spinning it around the room. That's another really important thing, this idea of spinning sound around, of of placing sound in space. Again, in classical music, I guess, in any kind of music, we're sort of used to sitting and watching a performer or an orchestra, and they're in front of us and the sound's coming from that place. But what Stockhausen and Daphne Oram and other people at that time were doing was actually using this, the space of the room as part of the instrument. Most spectacularly of all, I guess, in one of his Licht operas later on, he made sound fly by taking it up in helicopters, the helicopter string quartet. So you don't get much more flying than that (laughs) in terms of music. So reading a book, isn't it? You pick up a book, you get your composition, which in this case is a composition, and uh, you're just invited into uh, into someone's brain. And for someone like Stockhausen, for me as an artist, that in itself is like a, a privilege in a way. I'm actress. Darren J. Cunningham. Actress is an electronic artist. He makes this deeply packed, often very challenging, some would say nerdy music that has been termed R&B concrete. Now, he was commissioned by the Southbank Centre as part of Stockhausen's season to write a reimagining of his piece, Welt Parliament, aided by an AI project called Young Paint. I've decided to title it Cinex 2. The reason is because I want to explore politics, love, and all the contradictions that those things are. And I hope to create a piece which is as crazy as Stockhausen's, but hopefully highlights a bit of romanticism with a bit of futurism, and a piece which is largely created by artificial intelligence. That's the challenge. To somewhere else. The world is alive. Stuff which you like, which is great. So I think for me. So just to sort of look at what he does at certain bits and just be like, just being like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. And just look at it and just go, what? Just not even been able to make sense of a lot of it, you know, the deepness of it. So you just end up on Wikipedia, like, doing searches like phonetics, international phonetic alphabet, and you're just trying to make sense of that and how he's incorporated that into the composition. Um, uh, and also, at the same time, like, you know, if we go to these two screens, you can have sort of lyrics elements on there as well. But I suppose 
Now, like all of Stockhausen's work, Welt Parliament is distinctly weird. It's a choral project that comes from the beginning of the Licht cycle, so technically it should be played before the opera Donnerstag, which Gillian was just talking about. The setting of the piece is incredibly striking. It's set in this glass dome, which is the top of a skyscraper, and it's a place where politicians from all over have been called together to talk about not politics per se, but the meaning of love. And they do this through singing in English, German, and also these languages that Stockhausen made up. Actress was thinking about how to update that concept for today. And I'm at this stage at the moment where I'm developing an AI project called Young Paint. The name Young Paint comes from really just those early years of the first thing that you do creatively, whether it's picking up a, a pencil or a paintbrush, the first sort of strokes and the first shapes and building blocks. It's the same way that I'm approaching computer programming alongside a sort of creative process which is much more action orientated so I would say I also like to record those actions so they're easily automatable and that's quite a difficult thing to do sometimes but also I like to incorporate situations or environments where the computer can take over and make its own decisions. Young Paint is a software program called YPay which is young YP paint and AI artificial intelligence and that's the program that I'll be using to notate the final composition to create large aspects of the notation for for the choir for any instrumentation that may be involved within the piece and at the moment that is solo piano solo piano and orchestra choir uh, it's really early days. Uh, it's probably the first major project that I've actually uh, used used it for, and I'm s something that's constantly in development. So I'm still still finding out what it can do, really. So every day, really, is just um, um, process of just setting up, creating an exercise for myself. And that might be selecting a number of pitches from the actual uh, composition. And just drawing in new, you know, new patterns because the actual program is a graphical program. That relationship between drawing and sound art is central to what it is that what it is that I do. So I like to, I like to have the capacity to draw, draw things, and then edit them down, and then that forms actually the basis of the notation as well. So Stockhausen wasn't always known for making really romantic music. He's often seen as more of a formal innovator than someone who puts emotions across in his pieces. But Welt Parliament really is about love and how we can define it. As the soprano sings, love is helping without profit. There is always ascension. There are these incredible lines which present this kind of impassioned argument about what it means to love and what it means to be loved at a political scale. As they're sat in this glass dome, they sing, Love always begins anew. Love is a cosmic glue. Actress thought about these things also. I can only really compare it to something similar to what I've read recently, which is um, Plato's Symposium. It reminded me a lot of that, where you have people in power, people of intellect, 
getting together to discuss something which is very difficult to explain as, as a concept itself, which is love. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's what it's about. It's a, it's a debate and conversation about love. Where it goes a little bit deeper is that it's the world parliament, so you're, you're, include, you're throwing politics into the mix. What I thought would be quite interesting is interesting is to, uh, in some way, orchestrate like a, a real situation with real with real parliamentarians, real real people in the in that actual situation. So we spoke with some like members of parliament. Posed a very simple question, which was, "What was your, you know, what do you think about love? How have you been loved today? Do you feel loved at the moment?" all questions really relating to love and against the backdrop of Brexit so obviously not a huge amount of love going on at a time and a lot of chaos and turmoil instability which to be fair love can be all of those things as well so it was just quite interesting just to sit down and just pose that question and then the idea really is just to um, use a lot of that conversation to form the backbone of maybe some rhythmic elements of the composition to give it like uh, a narrative, a different sort of narrative in a way. So yeah, the conversations that we recorded in some ways formed a libretto, but also formed a sort of visual idea and narrative for, for, for the actual final piece as well. Stockhausen's work can seem very odd. He makes the sort of pieces that even his fans kind of sometimes enjoy more on an intellectual level than necessarily just enjoying the experience of sitting back and listening to beautiful music and certainly not really wanting to dance to it. He seems so disconnected from what we associate with, you know, modern pop and dance music that it can be hard for a non-specialist to understand exactly what his influence meant. I asked Gillian about this, and she explained why she thought that his name in particular had punched through. He appeared on the cover of Sgt Pepper. I think he was between Lenny Bruce and Mae West in the back row. And I guess that meant that he was seen in the pantheon of contemporary cultural icons in the 60s. Bands like Kraftwerk and Cannes were very directly, that whole kraut rock thing, very directly came out of Stockhausen. Björk, for example, uh, talks a lot about Stockhausen. She interviewed him. She, gave, she did an in-depth interview. He very rarely consented to interviews, but he consented to be interviewed by Björk. Brian Eno has often cited Stockhausen's influence. It's, it's a name that somehow has punched through into popular culture, where a lot of other post-war avant-garde composers didn't quite do that. Although I think I'm right in thinking that the admiration didn't necessarily go two ways. I think at a certain point in the 90s, Stockhausen was sent kind of a list of the music that had been influenced by him. And uh, the response, he said, I wish those musicians would not allow themselves any repetitions and would go faster in developing their ideas or their findings because I don't appreciate at all this permanent repetitive language. Yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> yeah, and then he would have, 
uh, I don't know if it was that quote or in another way, he says, they should listen to my X, Y, and Z and gives, <laughs> gives a list of his pieces that should, they should listen to. What he was actually talking about there is rhythm. The idea of repetitive rhythm was a kind of anathema to him. Outwardly, it was all, you know, he was only referring to his own music. In fact, there are other interviews with him where he says, look, I love Mozart, I love Bach. I, you know, occasionally he would admit to the musical past existing and of course it existed for him of course it did and I suppose it makes sense in a way that he was kind of dismissive of things that came downwind of him because it's like you know the analogy would be that he was kind of the um haute couture catwalk designer and then Mm -hmm. you know the Beatles were Primark by comparison (laughs) making copies of the last season that they'd seen on the runway yeah I mean there were quite Beatles quite some quite specific References, particularly later on, there's a Revolution Nine piece, which is very Stockhausen-y, etc. But yes, he would. I guess he might have seen those things, even the Beatles, as cheap, or he would have said he would have seen them as cheap imitations. But I don't know. I think he must have been quite secretly pleased. Otherwise, why would he, have, for example, agreed to be interviewed by Björk? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all want to be a celebrity. <laughs> The Licht Cycle of Operas was Stockhausen's last great project. For many, it was a point at which he kind of went too far, stepping into this huge hubris, becoming too self-involved and getting really into the idea that he was um, not so much a creature of this earth, but kind of channeling these cosmic forces. And as I was saying in my introduction, he insisted in Donnerstag, the opera that will be performed here, that he was the equivalent of this angel that he put on stage. Also, remember, it's five hours long. No wonder it hasn't been performed since 85. But Gillian was there when it was performed, almost 35 years ago. She was actually running the education programme that went alongside the Royal Opera House's production. She met Stockhausen, and over the course of her career, and having seen I do not know how many thousands of productions, the impact of that first encounter remains. I remember going into the Royal Opera House and opposite, across the street on Bow Street Police Station, up in the gallery of that building, there were trumpet players playing the greeting, which is part of the opera when you cut when the audience comes in, and that's going to happen here at the Royal Festival Hall from a balcony outside. And then we went inside, and there was this very, yeah, I guess cosmic production. It had very wacky spacey costumes and there was a big globe and the central character Michael Michael who is thinly disguised version of Stockhausen himself Stockhausen as an angel is that Stockhausen correct? as an angel the angel Michael yes was flying from the you know scenery playing a trumpet and that was actually Stockhausen's son Marcus Stockhausen at the time I guess when I saw the production that's coming here, which is a young company from Paris called Le Balcon, and it's important to pause and reflect that nobody involved in this production, to my knowledge, was even born in 1985. They're all very young, including the conductor, the artistic director, Maxime Pascal. And they've taken this piece absolutely at face value, I think, as a really 
quite heartbreaking and powerful drama. They've approached it completely without cynicism because it's, you know, it's quite easy to level at Stockhausen ideas of sort of wackiness and grandiosity, all these kind of rather strange out there metaphors about the universe. But what Le Balcon have done in this production, which moved me so much, is that they've made it very personal. It really came home to me how the whole first act is very much about his early life experiences. You see his mother there, um, you see his father berating him, you see the terrible effects of war on this young boy. You see this boy who then becomes a musician in order to, I guess, save himself, um, in order to find some order, find some joy, find some love in the world. And then he goes around the world, that's the, sec the middle act, as a musician, and that's exactly what Stockhausen did. And you hear all these musics from around the world. And then in the final act, it's a kind of great cosmic celebration of love and art and music. And I think it's actually very simple and it's not really grandiose at all. To me, Stockhausen is the first person who opened a sort of sonic box that said to me that anything was really possible with sound. And then there was just this sort of like, sort of cold realization that certain organizational process, processes can, can do certain things to sound which can make it magical in a way. And also just sort of, you know, for how academic it is, he can, he can also be quite funny in a lot of his compositions, which I respect and value. So, Stockhausen's star lives on. Whether you're at the proms in London or listening to the charts, his legacy is unshakable. Somewhere up there on the planet Sirius, maybe he's looking down approvingly. Or maybe he's just wondering grumpily about why we never really cottoned on to the appeal of string quartets on helicopters. Southbank Centre's exploration of Stockhausen, including that new commission from Actress and the production of Donnerstag aus Licht, will be running from 14th of May to the 2nd of June. And you can find full details and book at southbankcentre.co.uk forward slash Stockhausen.